myself again. Good evening, it is Friday night, it is NUFC Matters and it is the Fab Four Live and I'm joined by three dancing queens who are here for the crack, not the money, money, money. Uh, during lockdown, it is fair to say they've all been super troopers who are willing to take a chance on me. But tonight, we'll have a look at the transfer window where we signed Willock and kept a hold of Fernando. But after tonight's club statement, I think one of us needs to send out an SES before we end up like the French at Waterloo. Uh, yes, Abba's got some new stuff out and I'm over the moon, chaps. But uh, Keith, I suppose we'll better start with the, uh, the new statement from uh, Newcastle United. And uh, I will take, a, I will take a, a couple of seconds just to, uh, to read out something which, um, as we discussed, discussed off air, could have probably been written uh, numerous times over the last 14 years. Uh, primarily by some of the other people who were in Lee Charney's position, uh, namely Derek Lambias. Um, but the statement that the club have just put out uh, is as follows. Our commitment uh, to being run in a sustainable manner, which secures the financial viability of the club, is a long-standing one. This does not come at the expense of being ambitious. And it is built on the core principle that we will spend what we have. The cash generated each year through match day and non-match day activities plus any transfer fees received from player sales determines how much is available to spend. This relates not only to first team players playing, play, uh, playing squad expenditure but to all other areas of the club. And uh, in a normal year, our operating model would generate sufficient funds to enable us to make one or two uh, quality first team additions, as well as being investing and in other areas. This approach takes time and requires careful management and long-term planning, ensuring that we spend the money we generate wisely to benefit the club. The last two years have been challenging with COVID-19 having a considerable impact on the club's finances, and therefore the amount of cash we have available to spend Internally, all parties have been aware of the budgetary parameters under which we are operating. Ahead of the summer transfer window and having made a significant impact after arriving on loan in January 2021, Joe Willock was identified as the club's primary target. And once it was confirmed that the player would be available on a permanent deal, a collaborative decision was taken to pursue this option. All parties were aware as to the implications for further squad consolidation, with the collective view being that securing Joe Willock was the right priority. There was a shared understanding that further additions to the playing squad would be heavily influenced by player trading, both in terms of available funds and space in the squad. The deal to bring Joe Willock to the club was formally completed on Friday the 13th of August and we are beyond delighted to have secured him. Our preference to pay transfer fees up front, rather than spreading payments over several years, is well documented. We believe this approach to be in the club's long-term interests, giving the club far greater certainty and control over its spending in future windows and seasons. In negotiating, securing this deal post-COVID-19, we acknowledge the need to make an exception and on this occasion have spread the transfer fees over instalments. Strange. We did this so summer to secure uh, uh, so this summer to secure a player who we know makes us stronger and who our head coach was unequivocal in his desire to sign. He also said since summer 2019, the club has made nine permanent signings and taken five players on loan. Our net spend over this period is 120 million, 
160 million spent on players, 40 million received from sales. And we have delivered on our commitment to spending what we have. And indeed, because of our business this summer, have spent more to secure our primary target. To suggest otherwise is misleading and claims that money has been taken out of the club are wholly untrue. For context, this summer, Sky Sports reported that Newcastle United's net spend was the 10th highest in the Premier League. The club retained its best players despite the obvious financial challenges and having finished last season in 12th place in the Premier League and in the top six of the form table over the final nine fixtures, the club at all levels maintains a strong belief in its current squad. We have a talented and committed group of players who've shown that they are fully capable of delivering and all we ask our loyal supporters to get behind the team because we are stronger together. Wow. I mean, timing, great for our uh, our show tonight, lads. Um, Keith, what do you think of that statement? Um, I read it and I read it again and um, I, tend to, I tend to look at things like through my eyes and think, what am I reading? So when I first read it, it read like money was tight. Um, and Bruce wants Willock. We've got you, Willock. We've got him on the chucky. He's, he hasn't been bought for cash. We bought him over terms. Um, and now you've got him. Go and do the work. That's the book you wanted. Keep us up. So I'm not the biggest fan of Steve Bruce. Um, but it, it, it felt like he was being pushed out there and being told, you know, this is what you asked for, this is the play you wanted. Um, we haven't got enough money, so we've had to you know, break our method to get him. But the second time I read it, I, I thought back to pre-close um, of the window, and I, prior to Dubravka being injured, um, I was pretty certain this season we'd lose Dubravka. Um, Almiron, and I was certain we'd lose uh, St. Maxim. That's, that's what that was my feeling. And so what he said was, would you be happy with what we finished with last year? And I said, no. And that's what we have finished with, plus plus a lot of less signings. But for me, you know, I said, I said, with the, with the players we've got now and getting no additional signings, I wanted half a dozen signings. I thought we needed a centre forward. I thought we needed a, a left back, a creative midfield player. Um, we, need, we, needed, we needed a centre half. And, and that's for starters, plus what we got, plus Willock. So it's beyond me why we haven't got any uh, loan players in, because I think Newcastle needed a couple of good top loan signings. It's just about everybody in the league's done. But I am surprised that we held up the players we did. And the club's pointed out that they've kept them players, which is a surprise to me. But that, that message of not buying... Could have been used last year. Could have been used in 2011. It, it, could, it could have been used, you know, 2018. There's been a lot of years where we sat there. And we've got the end of the window. We haven't got anybody. And when I look at that sign, that thing there, it sounds like somebody. You know, I see a positive in it. That it sounds like somebody's leaving the club. It sounds like the owners are ready to depart. Um, you know, I've never. They've spent more in other years when things haven't been rosy. Now I think they're going. I think they're on the verge of leaving. I think that that something is happening and they keep it under wraps. Um, heard rumours of what that is and what it isn't, but will we, will we ever know? But from that statement I read tonight was, it was protection to them, for their reputation. And it sounded like somebody that, that was watching the pennies, 
Why would they just change from always spending on signings in front and then all of a sudden um, doing it on instalments? Never been done before in this tenure. Uh, but now they start to do that. And that's the kind of act. You know, if you, if you owe 25 million on somebody and you put a three million pound deposit down, the 22 million is left to whoever buys the club. So for, for, for me, um, I saw positives in the fact we kept the players. I saw positives in the fact that it sounded like they would spend as little as possible before they sold the club. But then overall, you know, I was the most negative on this panel in saying that we'd finish 16th at best. You know, I, 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 I think I might say 16th or 17th. I was certainly the lowest on the panel because we just haven't got enough players. And if Wilson gets injured or St. Maxim gets injured, we knack it. And we already know what's happening with goalkeepers at the minute. So it, it's, it's, it's not healthy. And I'm, you know, I'm concerned that, um, you know, a couple of more defeats and we, we could be rooted. So, you know, they talk about Leeds and, and Arsenal. You know that they'll climb. You know that the organisation and coaching ability in the Leeds side will, will move that up the, up the table. But, um, I don't see it in Newcastle. I'm sorry to say, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a positive person in anything I do, but I'm not positive in the outlook that we see now till January or to the, to the sale of a new company. Steve, it's uh, uh, amazing, really, that 14 years on, we're still getting the same, you know, kind of statements from the club. And they're not regular statements. I think that's what frustrates fans. We don't get updated. We seem to get a, an amalgamation of everything. And, and the timing of this, you know, no matter how many people turned up at the meeting last night, it is irrelevant. There was a meeting amongst fans, which has been well publicised on social media, about how they can protest, how they can get their points across. Um, it's quite clear by the fallen attendances, people just aren't happy. They haven't been happy for a long time. But the club decided to respond with this almost, I would say, patronising statement where... They almost feel as if they're trying to explain everything, everything to you. This is why, this is why we haven't done this, and we've spent this. And I think we discussed over there before we came on. They've thrown Steve Bruce under the bus for this because he's, you know, the the, the rumours that were circulating around the club were that he was trying to push for other transfers. I, I just, I really, I'm not surprised by anything Mike Ashley and the people who work for him do anymore. And it just deflates you even more when you when you read that. Like, yeah, I mean. The first line that comes to mind, I've got it to appear on the screen here, was uh, there is a shared understanding that further additions to the playing squad would be heavily influenced by both the team, their uh, terms of available funds and space in the squad. I was just trying to work out who that shared understanding was with because we've only got one director. So it's a shared understanding between the board of directors, of which there's one person, and presumably the coach, which is Steve Bruce. So it's a kick in the teeth to them. It's a slap on the back of the head. And it's a way of saying, you're back in your box. You knew what the score was at the, start of the, season, at the end of this last season. You know what the, knew what the score was exactly the same all the way through the close season. And you know what? We've gone out. And according to them, they spent £26.46 million on Joe Willock. You work that out, though. They said they'd done it on the Chucky, which was, I think, the phrase that Keith used. Um, we were told he had a, a six-year contract. So basically, spent four million pound in the summer. Um, I had a look at, and they also go back. I don't know whether you noticed, but they go back in their statement, um, and they talk about everything from twenty nineteen onwards. 
They don't go before that. They go about 2019. So in 2019, I looked at it and we spent, according to the transfer market site, they spent 39.6 million on Joe Linton. They spent 16.2 million on Stant Maximum, 4.8 million on Kraft. Apparently, they spent 3.6 million on loan players in Rose, Willems, and Bentelab. Bentelab and, Ro- and Willems apparently cost £900,000. Then you've got uh, at the same time, so 60, it worked out £65 million was spent that season, but they brought in £32 million from the sales of Yosselu and Perez. Then you go to the last season and you've got Wilson coming in for just over £20 million. You've got Lewis for just short of fifteen. You've got Volgar who came in for £285,000. You had Fraser on a free, Hendrick on a free, Gillespie on a free. The only person that got rid of was Dan Bolasar on, which was basically just short of 250 grand. So their expenditure was 35 million and their income was 250 grand. And then this season you've gone to Willick and they've suddenly announced that, well, we've got no income coming from the sailor players, but you look at where expenditure, they're claiming it's 226.4. It's actually four because it's on the Chucky and it's spread over the terms of his contract. Oh, that's what we're led to believe it. It might be shorter, it might have been four years, but the contract's six. And normally that, that's the, that's the way that it's done. What what what's really, I suppose, glaringly obvious in that, and we, we can talk about this till the cows come home, but you look at the players that we've got rid of recently. We got rid of Ballasser on a free, Callback on a free, we got rid of uh Aaron's on a free. Turner. We got rid of uh, Yedlin on a free. We got rid of uh, we got Woodman on loan. Lazerne on loan. Muto on loan. Elliot left. Lazar left. Sherry left. Sterry left. And then we've had Atsu. And then Muto going on a free. And then we had Lazerne. We don't know how much he went for. We've just got rid of Longstaff. Carroll's gone. Savier's gone. All those players left the club, and none of them brought any money in. None of them brought any income in. So what does that say about what's going on further down the club? You know, we're not. it's not even like we've got assets. The only asset that we've had in the last three years that we've made money on, if you want to call it making money, um, it was, was Perez that sold for 30 million. And <coughs> none of the sums add up. None of the, none of the, the system adds up. None of the way. And I, I've got to agree with, with Keith. It looks like it's a constant tearing of the decks. Um with someone sitting there going, I'm spending nothing, I'm spending the bare minimum, we're going to recoup as much as we can, we're going to reduce the wage bill as best we can while I'm still running this club, um, and I'm and I'm just waiting for a, for a sale to come through. That's the way it, it slaps to me. It's two things, that bit, and it's the, Bruce, if, you, if you've got a problem, live with it. That's the way it is. Yeah, Mitch, what a week, man. Um, you know, and, and, and just... Just, I uh, just a, a feeling of malaise. Do you know what I mean? And I think it probably all started after the, you know, after after the equaliser had gone in, and you know Newcastle could have had three points last weekend, and it just didn't get any. It just didn't get any better. There's just, you know, people fans trying to organise themselves and get themselves together, and you know we've been there and done it and got the t-shirt. We've done a series on it of thirty years of fans organisations and. Take nothing away from the lads of protest and UFC that they pulled something together last night. There was probably just short of 40 people there. Me and Keith went along. We'll, we'll talk about it after this. But, you know, there's just this horrendous feeling in Malaysia. And it's just like they haven't read the room properly. Newcastle have just come out and, you know, they, they haven't really thought about what they were going to say. And I'm sure they do sit there. I'm sure Lee Marshall sits there with, you know, 
Lee Charnley, and they, they clearly speak to Justin Barnes and Mike Ashley and, and whoever else, but I just don't know. There's a, there's an arrogance in it, and, and people have agreed when I said you know patronising. It's um, yeah, it's it it just leaves a sour taste in the mouth, and and, and I think it'll probably rile fans as opposed to calm them down. Of course it is because it's a nonsense statement, um, and it reveals something. It reveals something quite significant that we after that Southampton game we, we all know. We need strengthened. Even Steve Bruce, I think, realised we needed strengthened. And if you look at the timeline of the transfer window and the run-up of the transfer window, the key target seemed to be Chowdhury, okay, from Leicester. And that seemed to be the number one he wanted on top of Willock as a loan to strengthen the team. We knew and were aware of about 10 days ago that an agent from Wasserman Sports was at the club talking to the club about players. And the player he was talking about was was Chowdhury. He represents them. That's why I got my knickers in a twist, because they also represent Phil Jones. But this particular agent was in the club being very loose-lipped about why he was in the club and telling everybody who he was representing and this deal was being done. We then received information that somewhere around after the show last week that there was provisional transport booked from Leicester to Newcastle for the Chowdhury deal on deadline day. I then woke up. Now, bearing in mind, I'm three hours ahead of you. I woke up to a message from a good source who's genuinely one of the sources that's never been wrong inside the club to say, mate, I think the deal's dead. The transport's been cancelled. Oh, but then, in the middle of the day, after many journalists had said Newcastle say the business is done for the window, you then have Luke Edwards piping up saying, oh, there's still life in this Chowdhury deal yet. Now, we know Luke has a relationship with Steve Bruce. That's pretty clear. So what you've had in that situation, it seems, is a manager actively briefing the total opposite to what the club are briefing. And if you read between the lines in this statement, because it's patent that the Chowdhury deal didn't happen, whether it was for uh, because they didn't want to pay a loan fee, whether because they didn't want to pay for his hair products, whatever, don't know. Um, but it didn't happen. Okay? And so... But we've then got a manager actively briefing the press, the total opposite to what the club are briefing the press. And the significant thing in this statement today, that says it was mutually agreed that that was it once we had Willick. That, to me, certainly says the club have just then taken Steve Bruce and bounced him in front of the 308 on the coast road. 100%. That's what they've done tonight. Um, Rightly or wrongly, you know, however you feel about Steve Bruce, we have got a camp there that is in civil war. It, it, you know, and, and the club have just put their foot down and said, right, that's it, end of matter. We're going to live sustainably, etc., etc. But it creates a very curious situation now. Where does everything go from here? Um, and it concerns me because this just has utter disaster written all over it now. 
Um, do we have a manager who's prepared to walk as a result of this? History says he has walked from other jobs, but he's going to lose out on a big payout. And I think he's stubborn enough to sit tight and try and, you know, make them do something. Do we have a club that's interested? Because this inactivity in the window still smacks of somebody who really doesn't give a monkeys and feels it isn't his club anymore. But who, who, who and where and why he's going to buy it at the moment seems to be all up in the air. And then, like I say, we've got the situation where we've got a handful of journalists saying, oh, there's still life in these deals. When we knew fine well, the Cassidy United was closed for business. And they, were, and they said that from early on. And I knew that when I woke up in the morning the transfer deadline day. Like I say, I'm three hours ahead. So if I'm waking up at, at six o'clock in the morning to a message from somebody who's, who's three hours behind us, who's saying, look, Mitch, this is done. It's not happening. Um, crazy. And, and, and the statement beggars belief in many other ways. It's straight out of the Politburo. I was talking to, talking to my mate Craig about it this afternoon, and he says this is straight out of KJB stuff, isn't it? I says, aye, it is. It's, it's Chemical Alley all over again. Everything's fine. Nothing to say here. We're all in agreement, and everything's happy. Oh, no, fine. Well, it's not. Yeah, I think, I think what you should also add, Mitch, is that right at the very beginning, we are talking about it there, this this business of, of paying up cash up front all, and all of a sudden oh. changing your mind. We had this, as I said... We danced around this with lamb bias for bloody months. That's right. That's what we did. And if you remember the, the statement, the very first time we sat in front of him with all, all the lads from NUSC, <coughs> excuse me, and we sat there and we said, well, oh, the first lines he came out with was Mike doesn't like to go into debt. Debt, yeah. And then we said, so is that why you paid off the fifty-eight million pound in the mortgage? Is that why you paid off the thirty million pound in the trans in the in the overdraft? And is that why you paid off the twenty-nine million pound that you owed to other football clubs? And he said yes. And we said, and is that why you've given Manchester City now the richest football club? probably yeah. in the world, you've given them probably what at the time and she given was one of the best goalkeepers in the world. You've given them him for seven point five million on the on the on the hoof, if you like. So Look. he said yes. And what he said was it, what we what we sorry, what we insinuated from what I was Mike loves other people to be indebted to him. To him. Yeah. To him. So all the clubs that, that we've sold players to they, they, you, we cash flow that money in over a period of time, over over the length of, of the contract. So Perez goes for thirty million on a four year contract, and we get we get seven and a half million for four years in a row, coming from Leicester. And that's the way that he that's the, that's the way that he cash flows, just like he does with his shops. <coughs> that's the sort of deal he does. But he doesn't want to be holding at other football clubs, so. It, it, and the, with, with, again, it was talked about at fans forum meetings back in 2016, 2017, where Johnny said, if the needs be, we would change our policy, but it would be very, very rare that we would do so. But we would consider it because at the time people were saying, you know, you're saying you've got no money, but it would you, you could get someone and you should be paying. You could be paying on the drip before the want of a better phrase. Steve, We've sat with people in football. We've sat and talked with a lot of people in football at the business end of football. 
who all see in an ideal world where FFP is properly applied, this uh, concept that Ashley and Lambias had actually makes sense. Yeah. It puts you top of the balance league. And we all know we are top of the balance league. If there was a balance league, we'd probably be, you know, in the Champions League every year. But that's not how it works. And we now know, as in the, in the aftermath of COVID, seeing what PSG are getting away with at the moment, um, that FFP never was and never will be and never, ever, ever, ever will be again applied in any way, shape or form in any kind of proper manner. And it's bullshit. It's, it's utter rubbish. And the fact we've had to break that to get Willig in, I think was them thinking, well, that'll keep everybody happy. I think this statement today is also kind of a, oh my God, well, that backfired. We've got to say something. You notice nobody's got a, got a, a signature on that. Why hasn't Lee Charney got a signature on that as the MD? Because that's the kind of thing an MD should be signing off. Who has authorised and written those words and said, push the button on putting those words out? It's not Lee Marshall. You know, it, it's got to be somebody, Charney, Ashley, Barnes, whatever. Because, you know, ironically talking about shadow directors, we know we've got a shadow director. And and so th this is this is the mess we are in at the minute. It, 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 clusterfuck doesn't do it justice. No, it definitely doesn't. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the program, uh, amidst chucking a, a load of ABBA songs at you, um, that Keith and I were at the uh, fans meeting called by protest NUFC last night. Uh, Keith, just wanting to get your views on on what you thought about last night. Um. <clears throat> A lot of effort went in. Um, you could see the enthusiasm in the people who'd organised it. Um, some people I was talking to said there was a lot of naivety because there was, the, beforehand they said they were going to bring all the fans groups together. And I know, you know when we talked about I know Steve Hasty, uh, we were, were out uh, Sunday before and Steve was talking to Peter Clennell. And he said to him, he said, you know, like, like a lot's tried, you know what I mean, to do that. And, and clearly the, the fan base is disjointed. Um, we know better than anybody. Um, and it's, it's, it's a thankless task trying to do things with a fan base. Um, there's as many people motivated to destroy anything you try and to rubbish anything you do, even if you spend your own money. Um, there's always people out there that either know better. But I saw fans there going into it open-eyed and, and, and put a lot of effort, a lot of enthusiasm into it. But... You know, the fact that I think I was talking to one lad, Rob, who I was sat with, and he said that he counted 37 people in the room. Um, six of them were us. There was, I was with Vicky Edmondson and Rob, Rob Bailey, and, and there was you, Holly, and her dad. So there's they, six here. And then take the organisers out. Um, and, and for me, um, people said, why do you think it is? You know, why do you think there's this kind of turnout? And, and I said, I think it's the 14 years I heard. I think, I think the fans are tired. I think the fans are uh, um, disinterested. I think I think they're flat. Um, I mean, the two lads that I went with, I rang them uh, two hours before and I said, "Are you coming?" They didn't know anything about it. And and you know, like a lad like Mickey Edmondson, you know, has two shops, Metro Centre Newcastle. He's he's a pretty much DJ. He's on Twitter and things, but he just didn't know anything about it. You know, you wouldn't lie. He just didn't. He had known, and I think a lot of effort was gone into things like dealing with ombudsmen and things like that. But but 
I don't know how much of the, the, the attention and focus span was on getting numbers through the door because you know that, that over the years I, I saw you, Steve, and you said, you know, I've been to these for years and years and years. You know what I mean? And it's it's, it's the same kind of remit. You sort of feel as though you've been in them meetings before. And they used to be up at Lazers Club. And I remember going in there and they did like the John Hall days and, and the place was bouncing, you know, people dying to grab the mic and uh, and, and grab the front but I just feel as though the fans now are unmotivated. I think that um, apart from 14 years of frustration that they feel, and that's what they talk about, they've also got 18 months of uncertainty, you know, like like as pe people effectively put it, they say, you know, like getting a lottery ticket and not being able to spend it. You know, I think a lot of people's lived the takeover, but then it's not happened, you know what I mean? And, and, and you know, if it, if it failed, will there ever be a takeover in history? that's had as much legs as this. I'm told it's the longest running ODT um, failure to make a decision in history. So that's taken time and trouble on the fans. And it's come at a time when um, there's been a transfer window, which we just talked about. There's been one signing. So, so you know, and, and then we've got one point out of nine. So so straight away, and you know, they say, oh, Ronaldo's just signed for Man United. Guess who he's been his debut against? At the minute, Newcastle fans are being kicked and kicked and better kicked, and they don't know whether they're coming or going. People think, you know, people ask me things, and, and I just try and say what I know um, rather than guess what I don't know. But in that room, I felt there was a lot of passion. The lad from the Magpie group got up and spent 25 minutes talking about sort of three, the last three years from 2018 to 2021, what the Magpie group's done. Um, and some people named me said, who are the Magpie Group? So, you know, there, there were other people in there all pulling for the same kind of thing. Um, but, but, you know, what I felt in there, and I'd spoken to the two organisers, George and, um, and, and Peter Clannell, for five and a half hours um, about 10 years ago. And what I said is urgency is the key because, because we haven't got... The time, you know, one of the points they said was they're going to write the ombudsman if six weeks he didn't answer, uh, then they could do this and do that and do that. You know, like I don't mean to be cross a route, but, but the ombudsman ain't going to help anybody. You know, if, if the ombudsman was going to help anybody, the legal teams that's worked for the club for the last 12 months would have battered the ombudsman. You know, the ombudsman hasn't got the clout to do it. And, and you can argue with it so that, that I'm wrong, but, um, you know, we, we've been writing and lobbying for over a year now. And, and I think when you come to meetings like that, um, it'd be wise if you decide what you're going to do rather than chat and talk and poll about what you might do. Because they talk about, they talk about doing a protest for the Watford game. And I asked the question, why the Watford game? They said, well, because it's the same constituency that Oliver Dowden lives in. Oliver Dowden isn't going to sort the takeover. Oliver Dowden hasn't got the clout in government. He, he, he will not even known Newcastle's playing Watford that day. And the fact that he lives in the constituency um, won't make any difference to tape or anything else. You've got a Watford game with three to 4,000 tickets. And the last time they put it, the last away game, uh, an anti-APL song went over, lasted less than 30 seconds. The vast majority of fans going to away games aren't interested in lobbying against the EPL and other things. So for me, it was interesting to go along and see what like-minded fans think. I shared all the frustrations with them. Um, it's as frustrating as hell. It's, it's horrible being a Newcastle fan at the minute. Um, and if anybody says it's great, then you, you've got a different way of getting out of bed than I have. So I get why they were there. 
Um, I get the effort they've put in, but when I came away, you know, I got calls of of you know Joe, uh, Joe from Middlesbrough. I got I was talking to Mick Edmonds on the way out, spot spotted him, and they all said the same: is they, no nobody knows what's going to happen next. You know, like. What, when Rob was there, he says, why are they doing a private poll where they collect all the answers in? Why don't they just do it publicly, openly, and say, what's the ideas? So I spoke to Holly after, um, I spoke to Holly last night, and 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 you know, she, she, I just chatted to her, and she's young, she's a young kid, and she she talks a lot of sense. I said, what do you think, Holly? And she says, I get the feeling, Keith, that there's no appetite for a protest. That's what she felt. She felt with that kind of turnover and turnout last night, that there wasn't, you know... People passionately saying, "We're going to do this, and we're going to do that. We're going to do the Leeds game. We're going to do this. We're going to organise that." There was those comments made about not buying tennis balls, for example. But there was no, there was some positivity where where war flags were going to get donate flags to them. But there was nothing from last night's meeting other than they would have a, probably have a monthly meeting every first Thursday of the month. But there was nothing where the people I spoke to, I spoke to four people in the pub, came away. With a directive where they said, "Oh, we we all going to join in and we're going to do that." And it starts today, and this is how it's going to happen. And I know these lads wanted to get opinions in, which is, is common sense, but but it's the urgency that, that troubles me. I think that, um, that 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 whilst the court, I believe the consortium is still there. I think it's I think it's by a thread, and um, while I still think the consortium want to do the deal, um, it, it's my understanding that there's other people there as well and, and and for me my biggest fear in life is get the wrong buyer you know like like dare said we could get a buyer that mortgages the club was worse than Mike Ashley so be careful what you wish for yeah Tom Lynch was there last night as well Tom another stalwart in, uh, yeah. in fans uh, demonstrations you know meetings whatever yeah. you want to call them and uh, he says there was yeah. no resolution from the meeting which 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 is true look I I you know, I was there as well last night. Um, I back up Keith what he says. Um, well presented. Uh, I thought Peter and the lads did a, a great job. You know, that obviously beset a little bit with technical difficulties at the the outset, but all spoke well on the microphone. Um, you know, had an agenda and went. You know, worked their way through it. Got a couple of speakers up, uh, aka uh, David Cresswell from the Magpie Group. Um, and, you know, I, I believe when I left um, that Chris Heron got up, who's a newly appointed member of NUST, I did, so I'd, I'd already left by then. I think the thing to learn from those meetings, um, for, from the guys' point of view, is that was a sounding board, maybe a, a chance to introduce themselves to those who turned up. I think if they're going to do another meeting, it needs to be more structured, it needs to be shorter. Uh, people give up their time to go to these things. Uh, you know, you, you you can do in one hour what some people try to do in two and three. Uh, people, Some people don't want a social. Uh, they just want to go hear what the plan is and, and get cracking. Uh, but in the, you know, in the grand principle of things, grand scheme of things, I think, I think Holly's right. I just don't think there's an appetite. And I've had inboxes, stuff which people certainly wouldn't want to share on a public forum, on Twitter, from people who are suggesting more 
you know, sterner activity, shall we say? Other people um, with a softy, softy approach. You know, some people want to let, some people want to write letters, some people want to chuck tennis balls, some people want to do a lot more than that. And you know, there is an appetite, but there's no direction. And I think I've just put the link into the chat there from one of the programs that we did for Newcastle Disc United. And I think that is ultimately always going to be the problem. Um, we've got a, a supporters trust which uh, has a great big membership, but you know we know that they certainly these days won't push for any kind of action uh, which is going to you know potentially bring bad publicity on under the trust or, or whatever. They're not going to they're not going to support anything like that. Fair enough. I'm I, I wouldn't want to endorse stuff like that. And I think that hence lies the problem. We've seen a lot of that on social media today. People saying you know look at what Man United fans did. They invaded the ground. They you know they got a game postponed by holding up coaches. And I think what a lot of people have said on social media is that Newcastle fans just won't do that. The, those who go to the games won't want to risk a football ban and order. They won't want to risk um, not being, you know, not being allowed to go to the games. Um, there are obviously supporters who have given up their season ticket, but who I would imagine would like to go back to the games if uh, if a new owner came in and again wouldn't want a football ban and order. So I, I really don't know what the answer is. I really don't. It's certainly not going to the Irish Centre every month and having a chat with people who you know we've said the same thing to for the last thirty years. Um, you know, I think you either you, you either support the football cl club as a football fan and go to the games like I've chosen to do now, um, or you don't go. And like I put on me pretty long-winded tweet the other day, you find something less boring to do instead, and you just walk away from football like thousands of people have already done. And that's it's a hard choice, but Newcastle United is making it a lot easier, Steve. Are you muted, Steve? You're still muted, mate. Sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, Hi. the Manchester United analogy is an interesting one. I mean, what you've got in Manchester is a, a long-established protest group of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fans, you know? So, you know, when when it comes to numbers, when it comes to a numbers game, <laughs> those lads are going to do something. There's plenty of them. Now, I think, I think it's fair to see also on that particular protest that they had before that Liverpool game, to me, the the invasion of the ground um, was spontaneous. I don't think it was planned uh, to the degree that everybody knew that that door was going to be open. I think I think one or two people may you know it may have been planned by individuals. It may have it may have been um, you know something that half a dozen lads kept them themselves, and then the whisper went round when the door was open that you'd get in. Or I mean, there was a rumor that a steward actually left the door open on purpose because he, he you know, he was pally with someone. I, I never, I, I haven't, I haven't delved into. I'm not really interested in Manchester United, to be perfectly honest, and that's why. Um, but what I'm saying is that those protests weren't organised over a three-week period um, with with um, conversations and probably uh, four, 13 or fourteen. Manchester United groups deciding, uh, all deciding among themselves um, what should happen and coming up with 13 or 14 different ways to protest, which is what would happen at Newcastle. Let's face it. Every group, every fan group, every podcaster, every blogger would want to have their own input into it. And that's been the problem. That's Mitch's herding cats. That's what's been going on for years and will continue to go on for years. Um, the lads who organised it, <coughs> I, thought it was, I thought this was a sign of of fresh ideas, fresh people coming, taking taking the mantle, and and actually being able to pull things together. Um, unfortunately, with a with a, a small 
uh, turn out it, it looks as though that they're, they're stalled slightly. I hope they can they can regroup and do more. Um, I listen to what you said there about Oliver Dowden, uh, Keith. Now let's let's look at Oliver Dowden. Oliver Dowden's the the um, minister for the Department of Culture, Media and Sport. If you look him up, you'll find that Oliver Dowden's not a football fan for a start. So it, straight away, you've got a bloke in charge of sport who's not not a football fan. Which, given that in this country football is the main sport, that says an awful lot. So his interest is is greatly zero. You've then got that Tracy Crouch review, and and Oliver Dowden's the one who put that forward. And we've mentioned it on here a couple of times um, over the last few months that what Oliver Dowden and what the what the Tory government will do is they'll pick off the low hanging fruit. And we saw the low hanging fruit yesterday, the day before. When yeah. they've sort of conjured up from the manifesto that it's it's going to be the safe standing, you know that's been that's been bubbling up for God knows how long. We did a we we had um, we had the guys over with the the safe standing equipment and did a demo on it uh, back in what 2014, Steve, um, before before a game where we invited all the fan groups along to see what it would be, and very few people, let's face it, have got behind it other than talk about it. Nobody, you know joined a campaign that there hasn't been marches for safe stand or anything like that. It's gradually sort of evolved over a period of time. And then the Tories jumped on it in 2019, stuck in that manifesto. And like everything else in the manifesto, I wouldn't be surprised if it had been dropped if it hadn't been for the Tracy Crouch review that they had to panic and had to put out. And that's the low-hanging fruit that they've got. And that, that means football fans are now sitting there going, oh, we've got something, we've got something. Let's see what the cost of that is. Um... So, in terms of government ministers and government departments to help you, how long have we been waiting? We've been waiting 18 months on this takeover for that department, and they still couldn't even have the decency to send your letters back and reply to you. You know, in the same way as the Premier League ignore you, in the same way as Boris Johnson ignores you. So, you either do something yourself or you sit back and you take it on the chin, and that's what that's where you're going to end up being. Um, as I say, I feel sorry for the lads uh, because they put a lot of effort into it. But I think what they need to do now is they need to go away and they need to come up not with a series of ideas, but they need yeah. to speak to as many fans as possible. They need to get the message out there. They need to be on the chat rooms. They need to be on the blogs. They need to be all over with the Cass United support. And and the needs to they need to read the room, and they need to they need to get the support. And if you're not getting the support, don't bother moving on. That's it's as simple as that. Because if you're not getting the support, it means not that people aren't interested, but it probably means that there are groups out there who are going to do their damnedest to put to put everything back in the way that they wanted because they want to be in charge. That's that's the way I look at it. That's the. It sounds cynical. It sounds crazy. And there's probably people out there going, "That's that's no, no fans aren't like that." But believe you me, that's what that's what it'll come down to. If it's somebody else's idea and it's somebody high profile or an organisation that's high profile or whatever, then you might see you'll get some momentum. But without that, you're going to be getting nowhere. Yeah, uh, Mitch, we've been here, done it, got the T-shirt, we protest. Um, but again, you can't criticise the guys for trying. Well, you can't. But I mean, a point on the Man United fans, I'm sorry, like, 
most of those ones that were involved in that protest were opportunists. So the real active the Spanish United fans left and joined FC United in Manchester years ago. Those ones dancing around the stadium and flicking the Vs will be wearing their Ronaldo shirts and they're carrying that Champions banners at the end of the season if they win the title. I'm sorry, I don't buy it. Don't buy it at all. The idiots burning their Ronaldo shirts only to find that he's signed for them. It's, it's, it's all show. It's, all, it's, it's not as powerful as people realise. You look at the hypocrisy that goes on with that lot. Um, they're telling where they're badly run and it's terrible and it's woes me. Look at the transfer window there. If I'd take it somewhere else, I, I, I won't take delivery of that off you lot. Bye-bye. Um, anyway, um, in terms of protests and, and organisations, the challenge is stopping people from pulling the rug from under it. I can think of at least two examples where individuals because they decided it didn't suit them, pulled the rug from underneath quite well-planned and quite sensible challenges to make Ashley. The walk-in, walk-out fiasco springs to mind with one of them in particular, because somebody decided they weren't going to get the credit that they wanted for it, they just pulled the plug from it. Made an absolute farce of it. Um, and that's one of the challenges we have. Um, if, uh, I will always back anybody who's prepared to do anything proactive and I've said this multiple times on here um, I remember sitting down with Colin Whittle in the early days of the transition from NUSC to NUST and having a vision for how NUST could also have almost effectively a guerrilla division that you could be nicely distanced from when it's suited but it'd give you an opportunity to put another hat on and make a sensible comment as the trust and say, well, obviously we can't condone X, Y, Z, but um, I can understand how fans feel and our position as the trust is, our fans feel this way because of ABC, etc., etc. There's opportunities there if you box clever and you think about how you want to do it. An education committee, I believe, is the phrase that Colin used to use. Um, and And... You know, I'm all for that. This part of me loves that little bit of anarchy, loves that little bit of um, sort of left field chaos that you can create as a fan base. If you were to, for example, everybody was to go into a branch of Sports Direct, pick up an item off the shelf, and sit down and fill every store with people sitting down cross legs with an item that they've picked up. Can you imagine the chaos that that would create? And the message that would get across. Um, but you can't coordinate stuff like that. So coordinating something in the ground becomes even harder. Um, my concern has always been, and I think, again, I think I've said this multiple times on here, the opposite of love isn't hate. Love and hate are two sides of the same coin. The opposite of love is apathy. And that's what I see right now. And I've seen it for months. There's a, there's a genuine apathy. It's almost like Stockholm Syndrome with the club and with the, with the hierarchy of the club. Um, and with, well, it's, it, it's, it's becoming now paralysis by analysis. Everybody's having so many different ideas that we can't do anything. Um, and it's frustrating for those of us who want to see something done. But at the same time, I totally understand it. And I also understand the fear. 
the fear of creating something that might make a um, a bad situation on the pitch even worse. Because you know fine well the press are waiting to blame us for anything. Well, you got re- you got relegated because you had a protest. You know, the press would love that. They'd laugh that. They'd lap that up certain parts of the press. They'd love to turn it on us as fans. Come on, there were sections of the press blaming us for stuff when we weren't even allowed in the ground. But equally, Mitch, equally, Mitch, if we go down or if we in the bottom five for the next few months and we do nothing, then the argument's going to come the other way. That, 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 uh, yes. You know, I, I, why, why, should we let, why should we let the press dictate what we do? I would agree with you there, Keith. But the challenge is then we're already right up there in the shit. Oh, and, and a bit more when we tip to us. Aye, exactly. And so yeah. it, this is the dilemma. This is the crossroads we're at at the moment as a fan base, as a club. I, obviously, from today's statement, all is not well in the state of Denmark, as it were. Internally, that club's a mess. We've known it's been a mess for a while, but actually with that statement, they've effectively, for me, just come out and confirmed that publicly. Yeah, I mean, talking about mess, I mean, I put a thing out on uh, social wow. media after the weekend's game. Mark Wales had sent a text of uh, on, on Twitter, sorry, and, and basically just showed a picture of the 1892 bar area, um, which, of course, is one of the, the so-called premium areas in the ground. And uh, crazy, really, because this is what one of my friends had, had encountered in the Platinum Club. Um, it, you know, one till a uh, couple of tillports pulled out and I just put a, a, a cheeky request out for, for anybody else who maybe was having problems in the ground. By God, um, you know, it's no wonder the club don't do this. Gallagher, this is from Steve D 72 on Twitter. Gallagher, the same, loose taps, some not working, definitely not being cleaned. Bar, no or little stock, no cash, windows disgusting, whole place is a cesspit, embarrassing. I've emailed Newcastle United twice in the last few weeks regarding the issues. I get no response. Um, Mick Gilchrist, uh, it's bad enough they train staff every week out to pull a paint. £5 for a flat paint. For fuck's sake, customer service, my arse. Um, Robbo on Twitter, what's the crack with no cash? I encountered this on Saturday at two. So this was my, my mate went downstairs, tried to pay by card. Um, card machine wasn't working. So he tried to pay by cash. He'd ordered four pints. He couldn't pay because it says, oh, we don't take cash. The woman then behind the ca- counter who was um, essentially, um, uh, you know, just somebody was filling in, um, basically says, oh, stuff this. And she walked off the job, leaving a queue. So crazy. Stephen Hall says, where I sit in level seven with my two boys, when it rains, the roof leaks and soaks the two lads in front. It's been like this for a few seasons. Um, Lee Best, not to mention the wall above the bar with a massive crack running along it. It's almost like a perfect metaphor for how things are currently run at Newcastle United. Um, Neil Smith says he's got more stock in, his, stock in his clubhouse than that, which is a reference to you know some of the some of the bars not being stocked. Then again, then again, it's not difficult to have more. Um, Peter Jameson just says it's going the same way as all these other businesses. Mike Athletes, he means, runs into the ground. Uh, Mickey Lugsden, um, so a more cultured guy on Twitter, says I got a latte on Saturday in the Leasers stand. I went to the seat and it tasted a bovril, uh, but it looked like a laddie. So I took it back. Uh, took it back. I mean, how on earth can they get that wrong? Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Oh. Richard Parker. 
Group Richard Parker come up with this one. The club shop ran out of E's and A's on Saturday. My lad's first game as a season ticket holder, so we couldn't get Alan St. Maximin or Jeff Hendrick on his shirt. I did laugh when he said he'd run out of E's at the club shop. I was thinking, Christ, Ashley's not drug dealing now, is he? Allegedly. Uh, Michael Dobson. the happy chip. Plenty of them the happy chip. Allegedly. Michael Dobson says, also, <laughs> toilet, also toilets in the 1892 hand dryer broken and no paper towels for the third match running. Little things I know, but when you add them all together. Peter Thompson, check out the East Stand toilet air vents or no air in this case. 100% blocked with years of crap. Never been clean since Jasmine Dean was a plant pot. I love that line, by the way. Uh, Shane Kelly. <laughs> Same as Shane Curley's playing devil's advocate. He says, same as most places now, post-COVID, to be honest, will be a cashless society soon. No one wants to handle banknotes. Uh, Anthony Lakey points out something which a lot of people have pointed out. The dead pigeons still in a net in the Gallagher must have renewed its season ticket to let them stay. On a serious note, he doesn't give one fuck about the club, <laughs> left in previous ways, which wasn't acceptable. There is a dead pigeon in the Gallagher end. Now, I've been in the Platinum Club for four years now. And, I, and, and the couple of years previous to that, I was sitting in the director's box as part of Rafa's team. So for six years, that pigeon's been there. It must be skeletorial now, surely to God. Um, <laughs> crazy. Uh, Josh Davison, I, I am going to continue this because I think it's important. It was a joke at the cup game. Cash turnstiles and card-only bars. You just can't write it. Uh, Rob Nicholson, my old man tried to buy two points on Wednesday night, told they don't take cash, and he doesn't carry a bank card. What's all that about? Ray Hope, it's a shambles. Totally embarrassing. I asked for three bottles and a gin in the Platinum Club. The lad behind the counter said, you fucking joke, mate. We've just turned the fridges on so the beer's warm and we can't take cash and the card machine's broke. So we have one to share on the entire bar. Um, Des uh, says, we need to stop buying food and drinking programmes and merchandise. Something we've discussed on here before. That's only going to affect the deck show. Um, <laughs> exactly. Well, we can't buy anything anyway. Because if, you if you've got cash and a car and you've got no card and you've got cash, you're not going to be able to buy anything anyway. Uh, Brian Flockhart, last couple. I was at the game on Saturday and some of the staff really don't care. One young gentleman standing behind the bar was playing with his hair. Not bitter that the lad has hair, but how we're young and serve some customers. And uh, <laughs> uh, David Harrison, uh, last but by no means least. Alan, I stopped bothering with the outlets in East Stand before COVID. The service is shocking. A lad on Saturday came back muttering, I'll be there until the next game. Newcastle United, anybody who is working at the club, if you sit and watch this tonight, catch up during the week or whatever, please, 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 right? Do me one favour, and that is look after the people who are still paying money to the football club. Please don't treat those fans who are still going to St James's Park and watching absolute shite. Treat them with a little respect. It's an absolute disgrace. Get your house in order. Somebody kick somebody, kick somebody up the arse and get something sorted at this club of ours because it's an absolute disgrace. Pass it on. If you And I know some people at the club watch it. I know some of the staff as well. But please just pass this on. I will tag Lee Marshall in it. I feel sorry for the poor bugger. I mean, he's head of PR media. Got to brush up his backside to clean the stands, no doubt, and all this. But, you know, the, the guy the guy will, at least he passes messages on. But I will also, I'll, I'll, put, I'll copy you into that, Steve Hasty, because I know you've got good relationships with people up there. And please pass pass that on. But it's, uh, it's awful, lads. I mean, Keith... Steve, this is our football club. Don't he, don't he, don't he, 
because I mean, we went to a meet last night, and Raymondo was there, and they came up with, his, with some of his mates from Middlesbrough, good lads here, going to Houston, they were lovely lads. And then um, he passed his mobile phone over and showed to me Rob Bailey and Mickey Edmondson, and we were like looking at it, and it says it was photographs of like in the John Hall, and then there was holes in the roof, but they weren't like they weren't like six inches square; they were like two and a half foot square holes, and there was like plasterboards hanging down, and there was pictures. What they've done is they've gone to match, and there was rows of fridges just empty, and you just look at it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know where to start. Is it is this owners getting ready to move out because that's like it's a more it, it's it sounds like you know what happens when you sell up? Um, is it is is that happening? Um, but but the only thing I'll say on a light-hearted note is the young ones who didn't get the ease on their shirts. In, in in years to come, kids, you'll be a lot happier that you didn't get a Hendrick or a Shelby shirt. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, Steve Hasty, you know, you've sat on many committees, you know, you were on the fans forum before it was disbanded. These are the kind of issues which, of course, the fans forum, which some fan groups didn't want, uh, could have sorted out. Certainly could have, you know, taken these issues to the club. But when you when you have that breakdown between the supporters and the club, we don't get a chance to air these things. And at least you would have been able to take these to the relevant departments. That's right. You'd be able to email them. You'd have been able to ring them up. You'd have been able to make it formal at the at the, at the meetings that they had. I mean, I know people are, people will now turn around and go, but they only had two a year or they only had three a year or whatever. That's not the point. It's the fact that you got the opportunity to be sitting there in front of executives in, of the club, whether it was the person who looked after the maintenance, whether it was the person who looked after the ticket and the person who looked after the security, whether it was the MD, and, and in some instances, even one of the, in, in, on a couple of occasions, we, we even had the, the, the head coach. And you got the opportunity to tell them what was going wrong and you got the opportunity to demand that things were put right. And it was kind of, it's, it gets to the point where you have to embarrass them. I, I, I said, to, there was something happened the other day and I said, you know what, I, I guess that, I guess Lee Charney wouldn't even know half of this because it doesn't even cross his desk anymore, you know. And if he did find out something, he would, he would, you know, normally in, in the past move heaven and earth or say that he would move heaven and earth to get things changed. <coughs> I think we, we called those those five shows that we did, Newcastle Disunited. I think this one's going to be known as Newcastle Disconnected, isn't it? That's what, that's what we're, yeah. that's where we're at. And I think from up as long as people keep telling us the things that are going wrong on on it's in James's part, we'll keep we'll keep this disconnect going. It could, you know what, Steve? This could turn into a, a section on its own. You know, we're talking about fans. This, this is this is the best one we've had for a long time from you. Absolutely spot on. And it's a shame that it's had to come from messages from fellow supporters who are feeling so so disappointed at the treatment that they're getting. At the service that's been provided, or the lack of service that's been provided. If, you, if you've got pictures sent in, Steve, if, you, if you've got these pictures to come in, the ones I saw last night, they're horrific. I mean, they, 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 you, you wouldn't think it would be inside the football club, but whoever's in charge of operations, you know, whoever's, whoever's, there's, there's somebody who's got that role, they're just not walking around. They're not walking around pre match. Uh, post match and doing it. No, I mean, it's, it's, I've just been sent this one uh, on Twitter from Mark. Ah, oh, great! The tickets have arrived for last night's match. Only ordered them last Friday. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that's the box office. That that's the box office. I mean, wow. this, this, I'm honestly, we are just a club in, yeah. and I don't know whether it is anything to do with potential, like a potential sale of of the club. I mean, I'd like to think you were right, but it's it's just it's just the images. And I mean, obviously, when I put out a call, the images shambles. That, the images that I was sent in. I mean, there's the bar. That that's, is the that's, bar. That was one of the pictures I saw last night. That is the it's, bar at it's half time. I mean, it's one, a that's the only till in bar 1892. Look at the fridges, man. There's nothing in them. There's absolutely nothing in them. I mean, it, it's becoming one person behind the bar. When have you ever known one person work behind a bar? Anywhere. It's uh, it, it's crazy. Not at a football ground, anyway. You, you know, even 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 the lower league clubs like yeah. Sutherland have more than one person behind the bar. That's that, But how can we run out of vowels? It's not oh. countdown. It's not Scrabble. It's the club shop. How we? It's not like they're competing for the vowels. Fuck sakes! Absolutely. Um, absolutely. That bar, I know that bar because I used, used to sit in eighteen ninety two, yeah. and that's the little bar down the far end. Yeah. And and that was the place you would go because the, the main bar used to get absolutely rammed. But you could get down there, and it was usually no problem. I look at that and I just think this is the inevitable extrapolation of what we went through as a group. I've told this story a couple of times. There was 14 who originally had tickets together in bar 1892. And as the beer quality and the service and the food quality got less and less and less, the fact you weren't welcome there early, you weren't welcome there late, got less and less and less. And the football got worse. People dropped out, people dropped out. And there's now two seats there. One of them's mine, that's Steve uses, and one of them's my dad's. And that's it in that bar. And that's one of the reasons, because the service is shit, the beer's shit, the food's shit, and you're paying premium rates to be treated like shit. Yeah. Very <laughs> couldn't, couldn't even get a drink of pop five minutes after the second half kicked off. I mean, this is ridiculous. It really I is. Don't, have a, don't go for a shit, Mitch, otherwise, because it might be no paper. Mitch has actually gone to get some, some kind of drink now. No, he's right. He's over still, six, look, he's still lucky like he's. That's what he's still lucky like he's. Over, over 600 watching at this current moment in time. As yeah. I've always said, we never, ever, ever uh, take you lot for granted. Thanks for joining us. And I know you all love a live. And we have got uh, the unveiling um, of not one, but possibly two uh, new regular features. And I know you like what you're doing. Oh, Lordy. Features. <laughs> ah, yeah, I haven't even told the lads. Uh, but a big oh, shout out to Spider right. VPN, Google, Google Spider VPN. Steve Hastings had me use these this week. Um, yeah, but Google Spider VPN, they come up at the top of your search list uh, and they stop people hacking your phone, hacking your accounts, hacking your, nicking in your photos, stealing your uh, email addresses, whatever. Get on the Spider VPN. They are staying with us throughout the month of September. Big shout out to them. And who skips and bins. Telephone 0800 2545 253. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www Easy contact free and pay as you go waste collection. Uh, LNG Family Funeral Directors are with us as well. They're staying with us in September. 01913897245. And uh, last couple of days now for Darren Baldwin Funerals. He's a, a once a year sponsor. Big thank you to him for jumping on board. Uh, let him uh, look after you and your time of need. Local di uh, direct cremations available from £1,495. Telephone 01914782730. Email at uh, Darren at DarrenBaldwinFunerals.co.uk and www.DarrenBaldwinFunerals.co.uk. Big shout out to John who is in the chat and he's back on his feet. 
Uh, he said he sell a date for coming out. Uh, that is the Gavin Peacock talking that we're doing. Uh, and he's back uh, on, shall we just say, small, small little jobs. And, and we'll come to that in a second. But cutexshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables and walls. And he's in the chat. Give him a shout out. And John at Jab Signature, who is uh, busy, busy, busy launching his new boxing range. Uh, they make our flyers. If you want to subscribe, hit the subscribe button, which is just next to the Newcastle logo in the bottom right-hand corner. Click subscribe. It's free. Hit the like button, which is the little thumb. Click share. Share your social media. Drop into the comments to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. Lots of friendly people in the chat. And uh, if you miss us live, then you can always listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and all your other podcast providers. Tomorrow night, seeing a few people scratching their heads. What's going on? What's going on? Well, it's Newcastle Legends uh, annual talking. It's at the Town Theatre. Uh, tickets are off sale now. No tickets can be had. Uh, you might be able to buy one on one or two on the door. And it was a couple, noticed a couple of people trying to sell them online. Uh, slight change. I mean, Keith Gillespie's the only one who's missing tomorrow night. So we've got uh, John Anderson, Kevin Scott, Rule Fox, Steve Howie, Liam O'Brien, Darren Peacock, John Beresford, and Super Mac. The compare for tomorrow night is Gibbo. And uh, Joe Allen will be there as well doing the comedy. Doors open for VIPs at six o'clock. If you haven't got your tickets, your ticket will be on the box office. Uh, pick your tickets up from the box office from six uh, for entry only tickets. Those who aren't going backstage to meet the VIPs, uh, you just need to turn up at 7.30. Rough running order. Joe Allen comedy, eight o'clock till 8.15. Uh, and then Gibbo will start his talk in. There is no interval and we should be finished around about quarter to 10, 10 o'clock mark. Get into town early. Parking is at a premium. It is uh, obviously magic weekend. Uh, the bars, of course, will be chock a block on the night time as well. So get yourself along. We've got a, a healthy crowd of about 300 coming tomorrow night. So uh, it'll be plenty of room, plenty of space. It's a cracking venue. Should be a cracking night. And uh, bring your wallet. Uh, we'll do take cards or cash on Lightning Castle United. And we will be doing a raffle uh, for a couple of sound bits. And there's a, th there's a couple of shops there with some lovely signed items. So if you're looking for a Shearer or you're looking for a Gaza print, uh, framed or unframed, signed shirts, programmes, you name it, we'll have it tomorrow night. So get yourself along. Hey. I'm looking forward to seeing so many of you there tomorrow night. Steve, if, if, the, if the telephone conversation I had with Joe the day is anything to go by, you'd be looking to get him off after 15 minutes, mate. Oh, you're right there. You're right there. Yeah. He's looking forward to getting on stages, uh, Joe. And I did mention Gavin Peacock. Uh, get yourself onto newcastlelegends.com. Click the shop. Uh, you can buy tickets for that. And uh, I'm pleased to say Skips and Bins uh, have uh, bought a table. They can't attend, uh, but they are going to give the tickets away to the food bank. So we will be doing something uh, from next week onwards with uh, giveaways for that. I'm going to have a chat with Steve Hasty uh, this week and we'll sort out exactly how we're going to do that. But big thanks to uh, Scott and the lads at Skips and Bins for their generosity uh, once again. And I've just got to give a shout out as well to John Brown, one of our regular viewers, who stopped us in the street and uh, we had a good chat. And uh, yeah, it was raining. Uh, he was a little bit braver than me. But uh, good to see you, John. Uh, nice for you to stop and say hello. And uh, always good to, uh, to see uh, people who like like to watch the show and have a chat about the show uh, when we're out and about. Okay, uh, I'm not going to reveal what our, one of our new uh, topics is, um, one of our new regular features is going to be, but we're going to go for one of our old ones, and that is... Uh... Yeah, 
tweet of the week's turned into something a bit like um, photograph of the week as well at times. Because a lot of people tend to send us just images and, and stuff. Some of them have got to be cropped, it has to be said. But uh, we had some absolute belters uh, this week. And um, thank you to everybody who has, uh, who has sent them in. Um, some of them as well could almost be lookalikes. But uh, I'm just trying to work my way around and start. First of all, I'm going to I'm going to start with this one, which I'm pretty sure I had something similar before from uh, somebody else. But Mark Bias, it doesn't get it doesn't get. I, I never get sick of seeing it. If John Joe Shelby was a seagull, and that is a picture picture of a seagull flying with another seagull literally catching a ride on its back. Um, some of the comments underneath that uh, were absolutely hilarious. But uh, Shelby does play. Quite a major part in uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the messages to today uh, that we've been sent in. Uh, this one did tickle me. Uh, turns out my doctor has no sense of humour. The mini stool in there. I did quite like that one. Uh, again, I, I can't remember who sent it. Now this this ties in with what we did a couple of weeks ago with shirts. <sighs> Um, and this was sent to me, uh, obviously somebody on his way to the match, uh, and it, it, on the back of his shirt, it says three for 100. Now, I'm not sure of the connotation of this guy's shirt. Is that a cricket score? <laughs> is it, uh, I don't know, is it wraps of uh, particular drugs? I've got no idea. Uh, but it, it could be anything, three for 100. If that is you and you've got your shirt on, um, I'd love to know what it means. But, uh, yeah, somebody sent us that in off the back of that particular uh, off the back of that particular uh, series we did on the, the show a couple of weeks ago with weird things on the back of shirts. So thank you for that. Uh, looks like Newcastle's trophy bus won't be needed again uh, this season, Steve Hastie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I did like this one, though, Steve. Yes, just another, just another day in paradise. <laughs> Minus yeah. the paradise. That's a, that's about sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah, thanks to uh, Mag, uh, Magpies for that one. Uh, this was a, a good one from Paul Oxley. He just says, take me back to when I first wore these in the 90s. Cool and Beardsley, proper NUFC legends. Not bad shirts either. Proper exciting times back then. Will we ever see that again? Hashtag NUFC, hashtag take me back, and hashtag uh, 90s. I guess one of the most famous or infamous pictures that's been seen this week is probably this one, uh, with so many references to that, Steve. Gianfranco yeah. Schuller coming out with that one. That's right. I, I, that, that was the pride of the penalty shootout, wasn't it? And uh, before the Burnley get in the, before the Burnley penalty shootout, and they've got Bruce there standing on the outside. And it, it, it baffled me that one. I know, I know. Jones is there giving a little pep talk, um, presumably, you know, giving out the numbers, who's going first, who's going fifth, etc. But I've never seen a one where the manager is literally not part of the group. That, he's, that, an, he's an island. Yeah, absolutely. In the, the, the amount of pictures on the touchline in games, friendlies and otherwise, yeah. where he just looks like an island. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a strange situation we find ourselves in. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, this one was sent months ago, and I finally found it on my phone. <laughs> Must have been. <laughs> I love that. Absolute belter, isn't it? It is. Uh, it's, a, it's a really good one. Um, yeah, we've got this one uh, from Kevin McGarry. This trend of idiots running under football pitches needs to stop sharpish. It's only a matter of time before someone does it at Newcastle and gets man of the match. <laughs> 
Maybe that's what's putting off the protests. <laughs> yeah, maybe that is what's putting off the uh, off the protests. Um, somebody uh, was also talking about uh, Michael Quinn. Yeah, he was saying, I love the look on Steve Hasty's face on your last live show when uh, when Keith told him that there's now a sponsored haircut on the go. Great show again, lad. Now, that could have been in lookalikes, but that's Steve Hasty and Keith. Do you remember when you were going on about your sponsored haircut, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Walwood put this one up a few uh, weeks ago actually during the Euros and again I found this on my phone uh, when you've got football at five and Aladdin pandemic rehearsals at seven look at the clip <laughs> absolutely brilliant uh, there, there, there was some good ones there this one as well Steve yes I've just knocked up, knocked my sports direct mug over. The house is completely flooded. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did like that one. Um, uh, good, good to see uh, fire and skill. Uh, we always like to get him and his dogs on. He was on a bit of a tour around St James's uh, this week, so uh, he had uh, the lads looking up at War Jackie. Uh, good to good to see you still out and about walking. Yeah. Mate. I'll have to catch up with you soon. Uh, Doctor Squat Pump. Um, this was a good one, Steve. Yeah, uh, just discovered that while a lot of people are social butterflies at weddings and other functions, I'm a social Steve Bruce hanging around the fringes of the action. <laughs> no idea what the F is going on. <laughs> <laughs> that was a classic. Brilliant. Andrew, Andrew on Instagram, um, he's a master of digging out photographs I haven't seen. And I just thought this was quite relevant after that hideous photo we showed um, on my last live show of that building yeah. going up behind the strawberry. I mean, there's the strawberry in all its you know glory uh, on its own. Um, and the Gallagher, as we all knew it, where hot, you know, hot piss used to stream down your leg from behind. <laughs> used to storm through the toilets and splash up all your jeans, so you ruined your night out. But yeah, I mean, just a great photo from uh, from yesteryear there. Nicholas, who's one of our regulars, I did laugh at this, Nick. Uh, honk and juice of the big market in my day, like a magic potion. <laughs> did any, any of you wear that aftershave? <laughs> Not that one, no. I think we were... I think we're all into dupe by then. I think I've told you the story about uh, the dupe down at Man at, uh, at the uh, what was it the charity shield game? That's this, or maybe that's a story for another day. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good stuff. Um, we got this one uh, from John. Uh, tweet to Keith, Mitch, Supermat, and Gibbo, Steve, and Steve, and the Shield Gazette. I think he means Liam. <laughs> I followed Newcastle United over seventy years, and I can never imagine the Gallagher end shouting, "Give us a wave, Bruce." My opinion is some infiltrators have been bought to help Steve Bruce uh, fan boost his setup. So thanks for that, John. I know he's a regular viewer. Um, I, I, I've got to be honest. I think it's slightly tongue in cheek when people are asking Steve Bruce to give him a wave, but I get your sentiment. Uh, this one was a good one, Steve. Yes, this is. Uh, was it Dan Jr. Eight, eight, Nineteen eighty-seven. He's got whoa, whoa, whoa. What the bejesus is going on here? New Wolves manager has changed their way of playing in the space of two months or so, making them more expansive. Does he not understand changes can be can't be made until into your third season in charge? Because that's what Brucey says. <laughs> exactly, they're sitting top of the league, aren't they? Yeah, crazy. Um, what's the point of tyres when the wheels fell off fourteen years ago? Said Tony Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very direct. Well done, Tony. 
Yeah, I did like that one. That, that had me chuckling this week. Uh, Laura Toby Elliott had an encounter with John Joe Shelby. Uh, just seen Shelby on Moor Farm Roundabout. His calf seemed fine as he absolutely floated to overtake me. <laughs> well done. Well done. Yeah, I did like that. <laughs> uh, this is another good one about Brucey, Steve. Yes, this is uh, Ronan. Ronan Banerjee. Remember, uh, you're not allowed to moan. Steve Bruce is doing a great job. Ashley saved the club. The problem with Newcastle United FC is that we all demand Champions League football. You have to be grateful and not ask where the money, half a billion quid in TV deals for starters, has gone. Ronan, you've had your answer today. There's been a statement come out, mate. <laughs> yeah, there has. Um, Zizom, thank you. She says that Zara, she goes, uh, possibly Steve Bray's best catchphrase. This is the other week uh, since his vexations to my soul. Yeah, it's one I use quite regularly, that one. Another layer of depression in the Newcastle United lasagna. Yeah, Zara, I did... Uh, I tickled myself with that one. I've got to be perfectly honest. It was off the cuff, which, as you know, this show is. Uh, Ian McGeary um, sent this as well. Uh, great to be back on the away end today. Shame it was the way away, worst away seat in the Premier League. First pick sat down. The second one stood up. Couldn't see the game at all. Right. Uh, probably the best thing when uh, you're following Newcastle United these days that you can't actually <clears> see <throat> the game. Uh, another one for you, Steve. Yes, this is Jordan Cronin. He says, common sense tells you that Mike Ashley... Had a choice this summer. Back his underfire head coach or sack him. In the end, he did neither. Say what you want about Steve Bruce's managerial capacity, but there's no denying, denying that he's been hung out to dry. What a mess. And you know what, Jordan? He was hung out to dry again today. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, I, I, this didn't quite make the lookalikes, but I did laugh at it from NUFC News 24. Uh, he says, what's Paddy Conroy doing, Steve Wraith? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what is Paddy Conroy doing there? Uh, right. Keeping some rather unsavoury company in the shed there, it has to be said. And um, this photo's been doing the rounds. Uh, this could be anybody. Really, deal away. It is anybody. It's anybody but who we think it is. We know That's that. not Steve Bruce, for God's sake. Yeah, we know. Looks more like, <laughs> more, like, oh, look more like me or TC from the Irish centre, that. It could it's be anybody. I thought, it was, I thought it was Phyllis off Coronation Street. Cheers, Steve. Uh, Mitch, Mitch, do we know it's not Steve Bruce? Yes, we know it's not Steve Bruce. We there we go. 100%. Final confirmation from uh, NUFC Matters Fab Four that definitely wasn't Steve Bruce. Uh, thanks for your tweets of the week. Uh, we'll keep we'll keep surfing the internet looking for them, and you keep sending us them. Thanks very much. Now I last start loading uh, a few other bits and bobs because uh, for for our new section, which is going to be announced soon, uh, I do just want to uh, start off the Q Tech uh, question again, uh, which again John is back on his feet, uh, so he has given us a new clue: one hundred and twenty-six career goals uh, is the first question. So write it down. Uh, there's going to be another three weeks of that. And uh, then the prize is two tickets to see Newcastle United play at Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, that is your prize. So, write that down. 126 career goals. There'll be another clue next week, another clue the week after, and another clue the week after that. Put them all together. We'll have one grand question. 
and then the first person in the chat who gets the correct answer will be the winner of the two tickets courtesy of qtechshop.co.uk big thank you to john for that and uh, also uh, the t-shirts are back uh, and i am going to put a t-shirt out tonight uh, which is a one-off T-shirt. Uh, I will tweet it out after the show. Uh, it is a Malcolm McDonald T-shirt. It is, a, as I say, a one-off. And uh, if I can just load it and get it on the screen. Um, Q-Tech have made it. There it is. Uh, Malcolm coming out of the tunnel. NUFC matters. Uh, and a, a signature over the top. And it is a one-off T-shirt, that. So uh, get your bids in uh, over the next seven days and uh, see whether you can raise a few quid for the food bank. So a big thanks to John from QTech uh, for doing that as well. Okay, let's switch it round just a tiny bit and just talk about England. Um, Keith, England played last night, World Cup qualifier, uh, obviously away to Hungary. Talk of, uh, talk of the town again, really, though, not because of the result, but because of the racism. And again, it's... It's ridiculous, isn't it, that we all have to come back down to that again. Um, you know, going to a country where, bizarrely, they'd had a ban on home supporters going to games, um, but that was under UEFA. And because we're, because we're playing in a game last night, which is the FIFA World Cup, and FIFA are the governing body, they're allowed to have fans in, who then go on to racially abuse our players. Absolute nuts. But touch a little bit on that, and also, obviously, the result. 4-0, great result. I didn't know it was on. Um, I came out the house. I came out the house. Well, I came out the house centre. Well, I tell you what was happening. Um, I, I thought it was me after shave because I was sat with Mickey and, and Rob at the back, and then this is we go on. So they left probably first. So I then went to the loo, come back and sat next to you and Holly, and then I went to the loo again. So I was drinking diet coke and really not. So I was driving. And uh, next thing is, I come off the top. You said, "Oh God, I thought what's this be making like?" I was just sat there with Stephen Holly and your dad, and they're all gone. And this bloke says, "All have all gone." So I was sat on my own. So I, 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 I left. I don't know about nine o'clock, uh, seven o'clock start. I thought it had been done by then, and I'd arranged to get back for half nine. So I called in the Rosies, and uh, I was talking to Mickey and, uh, and 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 Rob. And as we stood there, I like looked round the telly and I says, "Who's on?" And it was England hungry, and so I didn't know the game was on. And just as we looked round, um, the, the first goal went in. And when I saw the racism, I couldn't get sick of watching that over and over. What the from Man City did to the crowd, because because so often people struggle, and so often people are intimidated by it. But I thought his his way of fronting up people who racially abuse him was perfect. And I, and, I, and I think that, that you know, they get away with murder. Um, I have no faith in FIFA, UEFA. I think they're all at it. I think what we've seen happening at uh, PSG, you know, they dominate football now, the Qataris. So so the whole thing of football stinks for me, especially at the top level. So FIFA letting them back in the ground like animals. And to, to, to do that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, was going on, but in, in 2021, going like that, it's it's criminal, um, and it's just it's just you know it's just a thing of the past, but it's not over there, and um, I just thought his answer, his retort was world class, and and to stand there and ridicule the crowd, I think it's just what's needed, and I think that's the kind of thing that'll get get you know that'll put the back to kill. I thought it was brilliant. Um, 
well done the lad he, he gets a bit of stick here he got stick when he left Liverpool but but for, for me last night he was a world beater I thought I was I, I was proud of what he did I thought it was brilliant how he belittled a huge section of people like that uh, just by standing up with them um, the result good uh, but we get results like that and it puts false hope in that we're going to do things and then when it comes to the big thing we don't seem to do it so I know the Euros we, we were all optimistic towards the end but uh, it's a good result I mean 4-0 four, you know, four can't be knocked but uh, I don't know I just, I just think I think watching England is not like it used to be you know even when Sheringham and them played and, and Shearer and that it was just it just had something and there was always a, there was a period for a lot of years where we had Beasley playing or Waddle was playing or your know, Gaza was playing. There was a connection, but we seem we seem alienated for it. And, and the way things are going at Newcastle, I think we'll be alienated for 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 quite a while. Because you know, if you look at our team, there's, there's, they're not going to give Wilson a, a game now. So I don't I, I don't see where our next cap's going to come from. So yeah. quite no, quite Steve. quite uh, quite dire. Steve, it's not great, is it? Uh, watching England, and I think it comes to something when me and Keith both forgot it was on. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, it didn't help that in the past you'd have a game on a Wednesday, and that was it. You know, it, it, you only you only went away for one game. Then all of a sudden, it changed to a a, a Saturday and a Wednesday. Now, now the, there's so many games during this break that it start, seems to start on a on a like in this period it's going to start on a Tuesday then there's a games on Wednesday then there's some games on Thursday because Europe's come the Euros uh, qualified cut so many countries in and then and then England are playing on a Thursday and then they're probably going to play I don't know maybe it's next Sunday or something so the fixtures are all over the place it's not the way that it used to be not the way that you remember um I, I, I knew it was on simply because when I was driving back from Glasgow there was a lot of conversation about about the game. Um, and about what the lineup would be, and about but about you know whether it be in the first game after the Euros, and whether there would be uh, any sort of um, hangover from that. Uh, I thought in the first half, uh, I watched the highlights last night. I thought the first half, um, there's a couple of opportunities where we could have taken the lead. <coughs> I thought that I wouldn't say it was an even Stephen game or, or an equal. Um, but the second half, I think, you know, they, they came out in the second half and obviously some of the things that had happened and some of the comments had been coming, whether that got them riled or whether they were just a better team all round, I, I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, once that first goal went in, I mean, it could have it could have been seven or eight. The chances that, that uh, some of the players had, in particular Kane, who looked a bit rusty, to be perfectly honest, in front of goal. Um, but I thought that uh, he took the header well, especially when it came off a deflection. Uh, I thought their goalkeeper was shocking. I, I don't know how Rice's yeah. shot for the fourth one went in. Quite frankly, I mean that that was a, a blunder of epic proportions. Um, and I thought there was a, a, one other goal that he should have had as well. Um, but you can't knock four nil away from home. Twelve points out of twelve, um, looking good for qualifying uh, so far. Um, fingers crossed that, that we do make the uh, we do make the World Cup. I think. You look at the group, and quite frankly, there's nobody there that's going to worry you. <coughs> so we should be a shoe in for for, for qualifying for for Qatar, um, and then that's when the headache starts, isn't it? Because what's the league going to be like next season? You know, what's the break going to be like? How how are we going to fit in a Winter World Cup? Um, how we're we going to fit in a final on the 18th of December? Um, how's the league going to start and end? 
Uh, I mean, the, the the championship with with extended teams is going to be what um, beginning of November or middle of, middle of November when the championship starts, and then you're going to have to have a few weeks beforehand where the players acclimatise and the squads get together. That's going to be the interesting part. But uh, as I say, you can't knock uh, a four nil defeat away from home and showing the way this exactly what it means. Um, if we can't get the house in order, quite frankly, Hungary don't deserve to be in a World Cup. Yeah, you knew, Steve, Steve you, knew, you knew the game was on last night because your missus told you you couldn't go to the Irish Centre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he told us that. He told me. <laughs> go on, Mitch. I was up in Glasgow. No. Her up. <laughs> we, we live in a world where the, the, the football authorities beat you away for in FIFA. Repeatedly show that absolutely unable to deal with proper matters of substance. Yeah. When the lad that used to play for Sunderland dropped his pants and showed a pair of Paddy Power boxer shorts, he got a bigger fine than Sparta Prague did for making monkey chance. Yeah. That's the reality because, and it was because Paddy Power weren't an affiliate partner of the competition. <laughs> So that tells me the way as fans we can exert a little bit of leverage on the authorities is to go to the associate partners and say, hey, the guys you're pumping millions of pounds into to show your brand, don't give a monkeys about monkey chance. They don't care because they can't give an appropriate fine or can't give an appropriate punishment for a club country or FA who show that they can't control their fans for doing something that is utterly unacceptable, <laughs> utterly unacceptable in modern society. And yet, last night happens, as Steve rightly says, because it's a FIFA competition, even though they've got a ban from UEFA. Yeah. And that shows that, again, UEFA and FIFA can't or probably won't work together. Why? Because they've got different interests. The current argument about a two-year World Cup at the minute, that's going on. Where the little FAs around the world are being bought and fed because FIFA won a World Cup every two years. Sod the European Championships, sod the African Cup of Nations, sod the Cup of America and sod everything else aside. We want the big thing every two years because that's where our money comes. Does this sound like the Super League by any chance? Of course it bloody does. And the Super League would help and the Super League would help FIFA because it gives the clubs the power, not UEFA. And this is the this is the impasse we're at. And as fans, the only way, like we've shown as fans before with the, the Super League thing, was that fans were prepared to say, no, this isn't right. And as fans, we've got to be going to the sponsors, the people who are putting the money behind it and saying, Do you think this is acceptable? Because if you think this is acceptable, I won't buy your product. And yeah. it'll pretty damn quickly stop, in yeah. my opinion. You're right, but it, You're it, right. Th 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 This is the ridiculousness of it all. Yeah, and remember as well that the European Super League was originally put forward with the endorsement of FIFA. And that's why UEFA kicked up a stink. That's simple as that. It wasn't their idea. Yeah. It was FIFA's idea. It was FIFA trying to exert their authority on world football again because yeah. they were feed off at the amount of money that was filtering 
into other associations and not into the FIFA pot because FIFA had lots. FIFA are now happy, by the way, because they have got an awful lot of money back from the US courts that had been held and sequestrated while various court cases were, had been ongoing. But now they've managed to get that £2 billion back. So that, they're probably happy now. They've, they've, got so, they've got some more money back in the coffers that they didn't have their hands on previously. But it all stinks. It's all politics. It's all games. And you just have to see how the head of FIFA, who used to be the head of UEFA, and how he turned into a turncoat, and how everything that he does in terms of um, basically browbeating UEFA over the head constantly, um, yeah. when in effect he's he's the poacher come gamekeeper. So why are you on, Steve? Why are you on, Steve? This week, EPL allowed Cristiano Ronaldo to change the shirt numbers mid-season. So yeah. the shirt was allocated to... Who's the guy? Who's that striker? Cavani. Yeah? He, he got the shirt. Cavani. And then mid-season, season started, along comes Ronaldo, and for shirt sales, they allowed them to change the shirt numbers. Never been done before, but they allowed it to happen to one of the big six. I wonder why. Yeah. yeah. It's all about money. Yeah, one rule for them and one rule for everybody else. It stinks. It absolutely stinks. Okay, uh, half an hour left. We'll probably go to slightly into extra time because uh, we've got a little bit to cram in this week. Uh, Richard, thanks for your comment, mate. Yeah, look, if anyone's got video clips or photographs of the problems that they're having in the ground, feel free to send them over to me. Um, let me, you know, I'm, I am going to make a little bit of a, a crusade about this and try and get some kind of um, answer from the club on it because it is something which needs to be addressed. You know, you're, you're paying good money and and you're getting treated like a second-class citizen in the ground. So anyone's got any photographs, add us on Twitter, send us it on Facebook, stick it on the Facebook group, Newcastle uh, and UFC Matters. So uh, you know, feel free to, to ping that over. OK, uh, half an hour left, uh, plus a little bit of extra time. Time to bring in Toon Tipster. Good evening, Joe. How are you? How are you? All right, lads. Very good, mate. Very good. Uh, I've seen more of you than I've seen my family this week, I think. Hi, Joe. <laughs> Not a bad thing, is it? Mr. Patterson, are you well? I, I, I'm good, mate. I'm all the better for seeing you. No uh, tune I, games this. No tune games this week. So, what you got for us? No, thank God, mate. I've just noticed Q Tech there giving away two tickets for the Tottenham game. You can have mine and all. Um, <laughs> what a week, eh? What a week. I must apologise before we start. I've been really, really, really busy this week. I haven't seen any news. I've barely been on Twitter. What's oh, been happening, Mitch? No? <laughs> Good. Anyway, at least the shares in Spider VPN went up. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. I'm moving on as quick as I can. Another massive disappointment on Saturday. And I'm not talking about Lascelles' last-minute tackle. I'm talking about Patterson avoiding buying me a pint again. Who's <laughs> been the bar less times than I've been live on this show? Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway, the football spoiled a really great day with the Matters crew. I did get a bit worried about Holly. Like She saw things in that pub that no young lady should have to see. So if you're watching, I hope you're all right, mate. Because of a stressful week, I decided to take myself out for a drive at the weekend just to get away from it all. 
I thought if I see a nice pub, I might just call in for a lemonade and, and put the week behind. What's the matter with you? Sunday. That might have been. Might have been. Unfortunately, I think there was a problem with me sat nav. It went absolutely haywire. And I ended up in the middle of Durham. Talk about the hills have eyes. Jesus. Anyway, I pulled up in this pub. I walked in, and sure enough, it was exactly as I expected. There was some old fella on a karaoke machine. <laughs> Last time I heard a high note like that, the Premier League were threatening to sue him on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Kevin Keegan was in the corner, unbelievably. And there was a comedian on who was just making up nonsense story after nonsense story. Turned out to be Liam Kennedy. <laughs> I was made a mug out of this week by Q Tech. He's really, really offended me with that, by the way. Imagine having to wake up and look at Patterson every morning when you get out of bed. Poor lad. Anyway, highlight of the week, transfer deadline day. I sat there and I waited and I waited I even stayed up. I asked our mum if I could stay up till 11 o'clock in oh, anticipation. Our mum, yeah, I asked our mum, please, yeah. Anyway, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. It got to five past 11, and I realised, lads, it wasn't going to happen. I wasn't getting me moved to Loaded Mag. I'm human. So, <laughs> looks like I'm stuck here until January. But if you're watching, Daz... Give us a ring, and I'll, I'll I'll see what I can do in January, mate. Thankfully, as you have said, no Newcastle game this weekend, so we're back to international football. Can't wait. I, like you, lads, had no idea England was playing, I'll be honest. So, because uh, I, I'm having a break from the football, I've decided to cheer myself up. I'm getting myself to the Theatre Royal tomorrow night to remind myself how amazing Newcastle United used to be. I'm sure that'll help. And I think if I have to suffer, you lot should try and get yourselves a ticket and get on down to support the night. In terms of the football, ridiculous prices. England face Andorra on Sunday. And of course, they're ridiculous, massive favourites at 1 to 200 to win. The draw's 25 to 1. And if you fancy an away win, you can have 66 to 1. If you want my advice, do not bet on the outright result of this football match. For those who fancy a correct score, I notice that you have to go up to at least 7-0 before you get the double-figured odds. Jesus. My favourite bet of over 2.5 goals is a crazy 2-25, to 25, so don't even bother with that. Can't to score any time, and England to win 5 0 was about as good as I could find at 7 to 1. But I'll be leaving the England game well and truly alone. In terms of the food bank, um, obviously, we got a winner against Southampton, Mr. Hasty, as well. Um, this week, there'll be no Callum Wilson. Obviously, he plays in black and white, so he's never going to play for England. Um, so I've decided if he's going to play to go back to our old mate, Harry Maguire, who done well for us in the summer. He's 7-2. Um, our pot currently stands at 22.50. And if Maguire gets a goal tomorrow, we'll double that. If he doesn't start the game, I'll wait till the teams come out and I'll pick someone there. 
anyway, in terms of the tune tickle, I've got absolutely no interest whatsoever in uh, international football. So all I've done is I picked the first 20 matches from the international fixtures over the weekend and I've put money on that every single game is going to have at least 1.5 goals in it. 95 to 1. So if it wins, I'll buy Newcastle United myself. Bet safely, folks. Don't waste your money this weekend. And thank you, gentlemen. Great stuff. You're getting crucified for calling it the Theatre Royalist, the town theatre, man. People oh, think I'm sorry, mate. It's the wrong oh, no. place. And Spence says I, you can see you're stripping your glasses. I'll have a better night <laughs> than the other one. <laughs> Check it out. Great, great stuff, as always. Thanks for that. And as uh, Joe says, please uh, bet safely. Okay. Um, I think it's time uh, for one of our usual... Uh, <laughs> Well, it's just called let let Keith laugh at Steve Hasty, I think. But uh, we actually called it. We actually called it too. Obviously, with us not doing it live last week, we've ended up with a load. So, I, you know, some some I've, I've managed to, to get in. Uh, probably one or two missed out, but uh, we'll rattle through them. Uh, thank you to Chris A, a regular on there, and website. Squad who says uh, Steve Wraith look likely on a Thames TV documentary on Cyprus. Uh, yeah, with, with his growing the beard for this part, uh, certainly uh, has got a, a look of me, mate. You're not, you're not wrong. Uh, I think this is the second time we've had this. Michael Quinn saying yeah. the Castle Matters lads are looking a bit tired lately. Host Steve Wraith's almost taking a he's taking a defeatist attitude with the takeover. I'll take that like I hope I look as good when I'm when I'm that age. Um and Paul sent us this one with a Rafa look like um appearing in Fireman Sam. I think that's pretty good. Pretty good that one. <laughs> um Ian Ian Hull uh, has come to the conclusion that Hoffman and Masters are actually Archie and Lenny from Rockerola and probably just as bent, allegedly, he says. Um Mitch, uh, thanks for this, mate. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, Joe lookalikey, uh, Jamie Carragher, new profile pic. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, thanks, thanks for that, Mitch. Nice to know that we can send them in and uh, have a laugh at each other's expense as well. And Thank no, you, the Joker. Mate. I think this was a good one. Curly Watts uh, uh, and uh, Steve McManaman. Pretty good uh, likeness, that, actually. That pretty yeah, good. Like yeah. Um, this one was from Andrew, Steve Bruce, lookalike. <laughs> Christ, that is uh, that is a that is a cracking photo. I've seen that doing the rounds. Michael Quinn, I see Histy and Mitch are getting glammed up for the next episode. <laughs> Steve did. Steve did reply. Oh, you are awful. <laughs> kind of been a bit of Dick Emery, lads. You kind of been a bit of Dick Emery. Uh, Keith uh, did get a, a, a one from Gaza. I uh, just simply put this from watching about Keith Patterson and uh, Davros, of course, from, uh, Davros from Doctor Who. Now we're starting to come into the uh, the quality end of the lookalikes now, and um, there's been there's been a couple which, to be fair, because of the because of the the, the delay with me being away on holiday, that we missed out we missed out a weekend. So I've managed to compile the best ones until last. So uh, in well, yeah, in a particular order, there was the uh, Steve Bruce one from Anthony Lewins, which uh, is very good. It's actually a woman from Windy Nook called Mary Elizabeth Wilson. Um, if I remember rightly, she was actually she was actually sentenced for some kind of crime, and she died in Holloway Prison. But she has got a look of uh, she has got a look of Steve Bruce. So thank you for that. Okay, 
Um, then we got this one in. Uh, there we go. Uh, we are the Mags, Gareth Southgate and Jason Biggs from American Pie. Look alike, you lads. <laughs> which, uh, to which uh, Captain Red uh, Redbeard Rum said, "Don't forget Charlene's Pateri." <laughs> yeah, I could see. I, I could see the likeness there. Very, very, very good. Um, and then we got this one. Uh, this was superb. Uh, Alan Hall. <laughs> Honestly, lads, those faces, <laughs> those faces, those faces haven't been superimposed on. That is, that is very, very spooky, Steve Hasty. <laughs> You'll never get me in a pair of red shorts. I can guarantee that. <laughs> Well, that is, I, I, I tell you what, Alan, that was an absolute belt. And, and I had to like, I had to zoom in. I thought there'd be some kind of like photo shopping going on. Uh, Doctor Squat Pump, uh, does Steve Hasty own Witherspoons? <laughs> Very good. I like that one as well. Um, then with this one in third place, Michael Barlow. If Old Hatonian and the Geordie Dentist and Steve Wraith were on Gogglebox. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think I've got to be uh, Maynard. I think I think that's probably uh, where where he's going with that one. Um, okay, top two. Color <laughs> coach, can I submit militant from Viz Comic as tune lookalike for Mitch? He's not going to be very. You're not going to be very happy with this one, eh? Like, is this the oh dear. No, no, this is oh, I've seen that one. I Magpus himself oh. once said he was asleep, just in a saggy old cloth cat, baggy and a bit loose at the seams. But Emily and the Toon Army loved him. Oh, oh. <laughs> and of course, Keith, um, I did manage to squeeze it in, mate. So don't worry, I, I will let you have a laugh. Here we go. Thanks to me, look alike, and Neil Mitchell. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, I, used to, I used to like her. No, I used to think she was lovely. Keep, keep them coming in. Tune look alike. Easy to send them. Main Keith, Mitch. Uh, send them to Joe or, or Steve Hasty. Thanks, guys. Okay, so I have gone on about a couple of new segments. I do like to mix it up a little bit. And um, the first one is. Um, Another photograph segment. We like to keep you involved, guys. So uh, here we go. This is the new new segment number one. Yes, the day I met, which uh, is your chance to send us in photographs of the day that you met a Newcastle United footballer. Uh, could be a manager, could be a player, uh, could be the tea lady or the groundsman, uh, but just send us a photograph in, uh, preferably the older the better, because we're all like to have a laugh at everybody who uh, maybe has a photo from olden times. So I'll kickstart it uh, with this one of me um, and Peter Jackson outside St James's Park in the days when there were pylons. Um, and I think it was I think it was coming up an international week. I've got an England scarf on there, but yeah, um, fantastic that. Yeah, that's me, me and Peter Jackson. Um, 
outside, outside, outside St James's Park. Um, oh, Terry there as well. Oh, yeah, maybe it's a little, maybe it's a little bit. Was it, I was rocking Don Johnson then. I actually used to have a white, uh, a white suit, lads, and I used to. Well, it was like a. Thing. I'm sure I bought it from Top Man or something, and I thought I was like. Uh, Don Don Johnson. Um, I clearly wasn't, but I thought I was. Um, but anyway, uh, asked the lads to send a few photographs in. Steve Hasty, he absolutely smashed it this week um, with with his photographs. So there he is with uh, with Tino Aspria. I mean, is this at the airport, Steve? I was at Barcelona Airport. Yeah, the day the day after I met uh, I met a certain Mister Patterson in a hotel in. Um, in Barcelona before the before the one nil, it was the the same same year as the three two. So that was the one nil where Mr. Patterson made a fool of himself in Barcelona. I'm sure. Uh, when I, obviously I made it to the airport. I don't know whether Mr. Patterson made it to the airport, mate. Right. Okay, we'll go through a couple more. Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve sent us a couple. Um, Steve and Terry Mack. Yep. All right. And which band's that? That's that's Rebecca. She's the oldest. That's Rebecca. That so was there's a, Rebecca. Uh, Is that me? Aye, that's at Maiden Castle, that one, aye. Maiden Castle, Terry Mack. Great oh, photo. Fantastic. Yeah, that's Maiden Castle as well. Uh, so it's you and Papa, so I presume you were just there for the day's training and whatever, and you went yeah, up yeah, and... Uh, we used to go once a week, man. <laughs> once a week, aye. Clarky, of course. Yes, uh, a very young-looking Lee Clark there. Great photo, that. Great photo. What a great, what a great lad he was. What a great footballer and what a... He used to run around that five-a-side pitch, didn't he? It does. It uh, it made him castle kick and everything. It was great to watch. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. You kicking Keegan as well. <laughs> yeah, you love to do that. Yeah, good. If you haven't seen the Lee Clark program from earlier in the week, please tune in. It's fantastic. It uh, gives a good insight into why Bobby Clark uh, left and um, his views on the start of the season as well. Uh, a couple more from Hasty. Uh, we've got uh, John Beresford, of course, who's on. <laughs> Tomorrow night at the Legends do at the Time Theatre. Um, I was getting sick by then, but judging by that, <laughs> yeah. Why am I getting held up with all of these men? And yeah, I guess I can guess guess what the kids were like when that happened. But uh, yeah, great stuff, great photos. Okay, um, we did ask uh, a few of the uh, of the regular NUFC matters crowd to send. Is it Andrea from uh, Bulgaria? Uh, sent this one with the late great Bobby Robson, and uh, yeah, great. Great photo that, and uh, this one uh, with him and Kevin Keegan. He doesn't do buy-offs. He's got it with the two legends, and that was obviously when England Logic. played Bulgaria yeah. out there. So, Andrea, thank you for uh, sharing that tune. Stato, of course, uh, will be back next week when uh, I'm sure he'll uh, be reeling out some depressing stats for the Newcastle Man United fixture. Um, tune tipster Joe unfortunately has never met anybody, um, so he just sent a photo of, of himself. That's <laughs> me and all my mates. That's it. You look, you've got the look of a young Alan Shearer there, Joe. Exactly. Our mum and our dad. And look at our mum's telly, Keith. Look at our mum's telly there. <laughs> Christ, I thought, yeah, I can just see it there. It's got one of them little circular, circular areas. It's a uh, circular area. still same for it on the Never Never. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mitch, despite having his dad rummaging round the loft, uh, could only come up with this photograph, uh, which uh, which shows um, Newcastle United's fans liaison officer and now head of media, Lee Marshall, I presume he's in Dubai there, uh, seeing, an yeah, advert, seeing an advert of Dr. Neil. He, he came out to see some family and he said he was going to come and meet us. And the first thing he saw when he got out of the car, when the park, in the, I think it was in the Sukh al-Baha, was a bloody big advert with my face on it. 
That's brilliant. Absolutely hilarious. Great stuff. Okay, getting back onto the theme of it, though, we don't want you to start sending photographs of Neil on adverts. Uh, we need to Thank see you. photographs of <laughs> photograph of your meeting players. Keith Patterson come up with some absolute belters, and not necessarily the players. Look at the clip of Keith's hair. No, the wonder he's bald. Uh, yes, Keith Patterson and Kevin Keegan. Keith, you look about 65 in this photograph. Is that your motor? Is that your Renault Fuego? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't, but uh, I was Keegan. Keith, that, you, that isn't a framed copy of the letter you sent, is it? Uh, <laughs> I already wrote one, you know. <laughs> great, fo great photo of that. Um, then it must have been you must have been a windy day this one was it the same yeah, day or was it? no or was it? McCreary. it's another day that's brilliant uh, I, I'm trying to think who you look like there you, it's our mum and our dad it's got that kind of photo isn't it it's uh, yeah. in fact you look like our mum and our dad there um, I'm not sure what on earth you're doing here I mean whoever's we were, taking the photograph I'm hardly advised you he was taking the piss telling tell him that was cracking jokes alright <laughs> you look a bit like uh, Alan Robson on that one aye Get to those phones, Keith. <laughs> Flash and blade. There's you and Pedro. Oh, brilliant. Fantastic. Oh, brilliant. My, my hero in the, in the day, my hero. Great lads. Slightly overexposed that photograph, but never mind. Oh, maybe, well. since maybe since Peter's jumper, I know he sometimes hey, watches, maybe hey. it was the red, the red off the photograph. But hey, Keith, absolute yeah. belt as that made. Great memories. What you know, whenever, whenever ah. you've got these kind of photographs, it is always good to look up, look back on them, even if the fashion sometimes uh um, Boris's. I've kept the best to last, and um, I, I guess you've just got to guess who this is, guys. Oh, hey. Liam Kennedy. I know, I know, it's Liam. Liam Kennedy. Liam Kennedy and Peter Beardsley. What a belter. Got his dad's shirt on as well. Got his dad's shirt on, yeah. That's an absolute belter. Absolute, absolutely brilliant. So. There you go, folks, watching oh, at home. You get the idea. This is um, it's a great new segment. If you've got a photograph of you and a legend, uh, get it over. And it doesn't have to be a legend. It could be somebody who uh, maybe uh, didn't quite shine at Newcastle United. But get them over. Usual way, send them over to me, Mitch, Keith, uh, Joe, or to Steve Hasty, and uh, we will make you famous on the night uh, for the day. Of, is that like one of the existing first team, like, is it? <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. The day I met. Okay, the next segment that we're going to introduce to the show is uh, something that we're going to run all season. And we're going to come up with a decent prize from qtechshop.co.uk. Um, we want you uh, to send in clips of your uh, kids, or could be you, um, reenacting a goal that you have seen. I only put Joe Linton on there to wind Malcolm up. Um, anyway, 
yes, that's what we're looking for. Send us some clips in of you reenacting a goal, right? So it could be difficult this season. We might not score many. Uh, you might want to reenact Philip Albert's chip uh, over Peter Schmeichel or Alan Shearer's volley against Everton. We're going to leave it wide open. Uh, but I've seen a lot of kids and dads getting their kids to reenact goals in the back garden and that over lockdown. So that gave us the idea. So ping them in uh, if you contact us via either Twitter and send them uh, on there or send us them on uh, nufcmatters.com, the website. Get them over to us. We'll try and play one a week. We might not get any. We might get a few. We might get inundated. Uh, but send us them over. We will endeavour to play one a week. And what we will do is we will pick the winner at the end of the season and we will organise a good prize. Uh, have a chat with John this week and come up with an idea. But uh, just something a little bit different. It's going to run the full season. Get your videos over to us. Uh, try to keep them, you know, within a minute, not, not longer than a minute. And uh, we will get them played uh, on the show. But uh, nice little idea. And uh, Julie, it doesn't mean that I'm going to miss out your favourite sound. Yeah, Troll of the Week, the captain, Lee Cartwright, who is now blocked, uh, says, just say you agree with it, you fucking helmet. At least I can fuck off. You're a disgrace, by the way. Yep, cheers, Lee. Uh, the block button uh, gave me a lot of satisfaction this week, Bonnie lad. Uh, I hope you're still watching the show, though, and uh, reporting back to all your numpies. So, lads, it's been a, an eventful week um, and obviously, wow, Cristiano Ronaldo, we'll finish off with this, has moved to Manchester United. And, of course, who on Newcastle United playing in the next game, Keith? Manchester United. Fan-bloody-tastic. Yay. But uh, the tickets, £699, bottom line, £2,500 they're going for. Uh, top whack online. Um, madness, isn't it? I just well, well, what are we, what are we going to do? I mean, he's he's a different, a different hemisphere to us, and so is the people on the bench. So, if I could take three 0 now, defeat I'd take it. People saying you know support Newcastle, things can go differently, but we'll get murdered. You know, what I mean, they, they, they just you just can't get away. The, the the bloke at his age is an absolute colossal. He's he's a brilliant player. You know. The only, the only satisfaction I get is out with all those monks that were burning the shirts and playing hell because he was going to Man City and then, and then you know, somebody nudged them saying, oh, we're getting him now. Well, you know, put, put the fire on. But uh, when we go down, when we play that game, we'll get butchered. Um, and then, you know, you know, will he get three? Will he get four? I, I just, you know, it just is what it's like being spot your castle at the minute. You know, you don't expect nothing. You turn up, and you just uh, take what you get, but I don't expect anything at all out of that fiction. Nothing whatsoever. Um, and as I say, I'd take three out now and be delighted. And if we get beat, 4-0, 4-1, 3-0, be a great day. But we, we, you know, if people think we're going to get a result again, then, well, I'll eat here with Donkey. Neil, you never know, do you? Newcastle United have always got a knack of getting an impossible result. Could we do it? Could we spoil the party with Ronaldo? No chance. Nah, I've got the vaccine ready, me. Um, absolutely just <laughs> oiled up and ready to go. Because frankly, that's what's coming to it. Um, I can't can't see anything else happening 
other than getting absolutely right royal backs gooding with that man tearing her apart because you know what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, Joe, Joe, we'll get the odds off you next week, mate. Um, and I'm sure Toon Stato is going to depress us all next week. But um, it, it's just sods law, isn't it? The, it? the first game he's got is Newcastle United at home. <laughs> Tell you what they are now, Stephen. Honestly, I think Ronaldo, no Ronaldo. I've got to agree with Keith and Mitch. We're going to get absolutely rinsed. Um, uh, Keith, I'll say three, mate. I think if we end up with five, that based on what I've seen this season already, we'll get absolutely thrashed, Ronaldo or no Ronaldo. So I look forward to bringing you the prices next week. Yeah, good stuff. And Steve, uh, it's just our luck, isn't it, mate? Yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just praying for Paul Dummett coming back. Um, going through on one of his one of his sliding tackles from the neck and taking Ronaldo out. That's that's basically the only thing that I've got left in me in me repertoire of what might or might not happen. That's that's where I've got to. You know, I'm 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 honestly hoping that he, he selects Dummett and Dummett just takes him out and sends him into row zero. <laughs> It'll not happen, of course, but uh, you know, one can dream. Yeah, I've, I've got a Dummett playing keys check, wallet check, Ronaldo check, all in the back pocket in my dreams, says Steve Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> the bus, walk the bus, I'll get slaughtered, says Billy. Oh, I'm, I'm sure we'll have fun looking ahead to this game uh, next week. But uh, lads, unbelievably, we've actually finished on time. We've crammed everything into that segment. Really? everything in. Fantastic, lads. That shows consummate professionalism on everyone's behalf. Uh, as always, Keith, Mitch, Steve, Hasty and Joe, always a pleasure to uh, start the weekend with you. Thanks to the 600 plus, watch, uh, plus of you who wow. have been watching and, and commenting. Thank you very much. Thanks to the sponsors. And uh, I'm having a day off tomorrow. You can watch an audience with uh, me and Floyd Mayweather tomorrow at four o'clock. Um, I might be back on Sunday with... Uh, Hopefully the highlights of the show from last night because we've got a busy day tomorrow. Look forward to seeing those of you who are coming tomorrow night. Uh, take care, be safe, have a great weekend. Good night. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, folks. Yeah.